Before I start the show, I just wanted to briefly say that uh, we did have a little bit of a tech issue with Haley's audio, so we're using her backup audio, uh, but don't worry, it will get fixed partway through part two next week. Um, and, you know, since I'm talking to you, I just wanted to mention that we do have a semi-serious discussion about uh, mental illness, uh, so... You know, I hope that that is informative and educational for you. It's, uh, you know, these are important things to talk about. So, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Here we are again with another interview. Um, th- today, we have Haley from the podcast called The Horror Comedy Podcast. And uh, yes, podcast is spelled P O T. C-A-S-T. That's actually a, uh, a hashtag that I use sometimes for this podcast. So, Haley, please introduce yourself more officially and uh, tell the people uh, more about your podcast and then anything else that they need to know about you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I love when I'm high. <laughs> I love your podcast. It's awesome. Um, my name is Haley. I'm the host of the Horror Comedy Podcast. Um, Sometimes I call myself a scarapist because I do believe mm. that being afraid is really therapeutic sometimes. Um, but I'm really just a stoner. I'm a producer. I do all the research. And I really have I have nights where I scare myself. I can't sleep right. So <laughs> um, I love it. I love doing the podcast. I'm also a crazy cat lady. And I draw sometimes. Nice. Uh, as well as a pretty – I'm a huge stoner. <laughs> <laughs> All good things. Um, and then you, your co-host is Jake, and uh, yep. we're going to try and get him on this podcast as well. Podcast, I should start using. Um, so, so, so marijuana sounds like it has a uh, plays a pretty big role in your life. Um, when when was the first time that you tried it? The first time I ever smoked, I was seventeen. I was. At the time, I was dating somebody else. Don't tell Jake. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this boy, just a testament to like how good my judgment used to be, he just got off probation. Uh. So he bought some weed. He had this like two foot tall bong. And we sat in his garage. Well, I stood to like be able to reach the bong. And I hit it. Nothing. Like I hit it again. Nothing. I must have ripped this bong, this like two foot bong, probably like five times. Wow. And I was just sitting in this chair for a second and they're like, everyone's looking at me and they're like, do you feel it? And I was like, no. And then I just turned and like threw up. (laughs) I've never. Oh no. Oh, it was crazy. It was like, I had the vision of like how flies eyes look in cartoons and stuff (laughs) i don't think i'll ever be that high again and i loved it so after the throw up you loved it i loved it yeah for a second i was like i'm not dying okay am i dying okay i'm not dying all right we're good and um, after that i yeah i mean it was kind of easy to uh get into also because my mother um who she she's as open about it as I am. She's a huge pothead too. So it was really easy to get into. Honestly, it was kind of everywhere. Nice. Okay. So I have so many questions. Uh, first question is when you were taking these hits on the bong, did somebody describe to you anything? They were like, and these, these were all people that were older than me. So I'm sure they were kind of like, (laughs) ha ha. Right. (laughs) 
nobody warned me or was like, hey, this is a two-foot bong, so there's a lot of smoke, you know. Nobody said anything. They just let it happen. And did you know the the whole inhale thing? Did was that? Did, were you aware of what you needed to do? I had watched them smoke okay. a few times. So I was aware of it. It was almost like a training montage of like in my head of like me watching them smoke and like preparing myself for like the big fight, mm-hmm, like me right. versus the bong. And then it was my turn to get in the ring and I just, I just didn't get it. Well, it sounds like you did. Uh, so, so, so you took, you said probably about five massive hits of this thing and yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. You throw up and then what, what happens after the throw up? Is it, uh, I, I feel like I should put in a trigger warning for all the times I've said throw up. Um, <laughs> is it, uh, was it immediate after that, that you felt high? What was sort of that transition into feeling good? It was like probably one of the only moments in my life where getting high, it was almost like, it, it felt like a movie. It was like how it looks in the movies. Like I was sitting there and somebody asked me if I felt anything and it was like, it sounded different to me. And then after, after the big bomb, um, you know, I sat back up and I could see like, everything looked different. Everything looked different. It was the same, like, but my vision was weird. Um, I felt like I couldn't stop laughing. I was like euphoric almost. And I felt like a freaking Cheech and Chong cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Um, so I, I feel like, uh, are there, are there any other details? I mean, I know it's, it's just so hard to describe, which is, you know, th- oh, this it is. is. Yeah. Are there any other details that you can remember from that yeah. specific night? Yeah. So I sit back in this chair, um, after the incident, I'm feeling like really giggly, um, like sweaty. I'm a really nervous and shy person. So it took a lot to get myself to even smoke in the first place and especially with other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was kind of hard to get myself there and I was like really nervous. So like pouring sweat. And at one point the boy's mother came home, um, <laughs> the boy's house, like whoever lived there, he, his mom came home and she smelled the pot. You know, when you're like 17 and you think that for some reason, like you can will away the pot smoke smell. Of course. You yeah. just believe that nobody will notice if you put like a towel under the door right. in the garage and it, it's perfect. It's flawless planning, but it wasn't though. So she comes in and she's like all yelling at us and I'm already nervous. I have fly vision. I don't know how else to explain it. It was like, it, to me, it looked like I was sitting too close to the TV, like uh, a bunch of tiny screens almost. So she comes in and she's like yelling at us. I'm already nervous. She starts like picking up the bong, taking the weed, like telling us all to get out. And I was sweating so bad. She like stopped yelling in the middle of her sentence and like looked at me and she was like, are you okay? And I just started crying because I wasn't upset, but I was just like nervous. I was nervous that she was yelling. Um, it was, I've never been that high in my life. So I almost felt like, ah, oh, man, it was almost like she was Pac-Man and I was like a little dot. I, w- I just felt like she was going to eat me up. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I, 
Yeah. So I started crying and she was a nurse. So she's all like, do you need this? Do you need that? And she starts trying to take care of me. Um, and then I ended up sitting on their couch. She like first aided me and got me like a Pedialyte. And I sat on their couch and watched Tom and Jerry with her and her mother, who was oh like God. 80. And it was the first time I smoked. I sat there like just laughing drinking Pedialyte, eating those like shitty crackers that are like orange on the outside with like this weird, uh, like cheese slice of peanut butter. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So delicious though. Right. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm really lucky that it ended up that way. Cause at first when she first came in there, I, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she could have just kicked you out along with everybody else and you would oh, have had yeah. to fend for yourself and that would have been terrible mm-hmm. in that state. And I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, consuming all of those things and then watching Tom and Jerry with her and her mother is kind of uh, an amazing situation. So good. It was so good. Yeah, um, and um, that was the first time I ever got high. That's awesome. That's a great story. Um, the the whole fly vision thing is still baffling baffles me but uh, you know i'm sure it baffles you as well it's not really a, no an easy idea. thing to describe it's not and afterwards after that day like you know i got straight and went home eventually and after that day i went to school and stuff like everything was normal but i was convinced that my eyesight didn't go back to normal so i was like sitting in the back of math class one day and i'm like hey Hey, and I asked this girl who I know smokes and she, I'm like, so when you smoke, did you ever get like fly eyes? And then like the day after you have like goldfish vision and you can like see wider than you can before. And she was like, you sound crazy. <laughs> like You need to stop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. If, I, I think it was an anxiety thing. Maybe like I was convinced after that for a little bit that my vision was just like weird forever because of weed. Right. But it sounds like it went back. Yeah. Shockingly. Yep. Um, and uh, okay, so you said that your mom also gets high. She's cool with it or something. Oh, yeah. My mother is a really interesting woman. Don't be afraid to like put this on the podcast at all. We are we have an awesome relationship. Cool. Uh, it took work to get there. But when I was a senior in high school, she was dating someone who was like, almost my age Mm -hmm. so she was like just the i mean it sounds bad it was bad i guess but she was the coolest mom it was so fucking awesome at the time (laughs) right right yeah so she would um like help us get good weed because i'm from pennsylvania so the weed that is in pennsylvania in like 2012 way before most states legalized is like brown it comes in a brick and it like doesn't smell and it gives you headaches. They call it Reggie. It's okay. disgusting. So that's what most of the weed looks like out there. And um, my mother was able to like get a connect and get us like some actually good weed. So it was just like the best, most uh, like silliest senior year of high school <laughs> being like, come over with my young stepdad and mom and smoke this good Nevada weed. <laughs> It was really popular. <laughs> I'll bet, yeah. Um, yeah, you you jump up in the ranks at school in, in that oh. situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so have you, 
I, I'm assuming the answer is yes, but have you ever smoked with your mom? Yeah, yeah. I remember the first time that my mom found out I did smoke because, um, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty shy. I don't really, uh, for the podcast, you know, I get high, I drink a little. I'm really goofy and bubbly and down inside, like, that is who I am. But um, when it comes to, like, just still standing relationships, for the most part, I'm much quieter than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really share a lot of information. So when she found out that I smoked, um, I was sitting out on the porch. We lived in the second store, uh, second story of this apartment, and I was sitting down on the f- ground floor outside. And she came down, and I didn't know she was home. <laughs> and I was smoking a bowl, and she was like, she just clapped really loud and screamed, and she was like, "I knew it!" <laughs> <laughs> and then we smoked the bowl together. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So she she was mm-hmm. waiting. She knew that it was going to happen eventually, probably. Yeah. She absolutely did. She smokes weed. I mean, I remember smelling it when I was a kid and being like trying to figure out what it was. Like, is that tea? Like, what am I smelling? <laughs> uh, when when was it that you like, did she talk about this with you? Did she come out as doing this before you smoked? How did you actually find out? Yeah. So um kind of unique there. I had like kind of a unique living situation when I was a kid and I got bounced around a lot. So we didn't spend a lot of time together until I was older, until I was like 16. So Mm -hmm. when I came back into her life, she was at the time we were staying together in my, her ex-husband's house. And that's when I started to smell this smell. And I remember like it was like a light bulb above my head. I was like, I smelled that before. Like when I was little and I would mm. be at her house, like I would smell that. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> um, kind of drove me nuts. Cause I was actually like a really innocent, like I didn't do anything bad. Yeah. I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Like I was an <laughs> angel baby. So, um, I mean, not that weed is bad. I definitely don't mean right, that, right. but yeah, <laughs> but like I smelled this smell and I was like, what is this? I've smelled this before at her house. I'm like thinking it might, it must be tea or something. I don't know. And then she starts, eventually she starts dating this other younger guy and she moves out with him. Obviously we have to have a lot of like weird talks because it's like tough when your mom dates or when any parent starts to date in general, especially when they start to date someone that like, you know, from your peer group, Right. it's like a whole awkward situation. So Maybe that was like also what made me want to get high. I was like, this is weird. I got to do something. (laughs) But um, she ended up moving out. We had to have some weird conversations. And that was one of them. She was like, you know, I've been sneaking around your, my dad, who I call my dad is her ex-husband. So my, she was telling me, you know, like your dad doesn't like that I smoke. I try to keep it outside and stuff. But I I know that you guys know that I smoke. And so like, I just want to get out of here before we have problems. Like he's been nice letting us stay here. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of when we had that conversation when I was like 16, I was able to move in with her, uh, shortly thereafter. And I lived with her until I was 18. So that's kind of when I was like, okay, maybe I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, and it sounds like, yeah, you, you've, you've done a lot of work to get to this point. So yeah, uh, it sounds well worth it. Definitely. Yeah, I always love hearing uh, stories about when, you know, kids find out that their parents smoke and that they still do. And sometimes they smoke together. And because 
you know, I think I think now as we're getting along in time and, you know, there's a lot more parents, obviously, who were born uh, during the um, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, there's a higher likelihood that they will be smoking than, you know, the generation before that. Um, right. And so, yeah, we're, I think we're seeing a lot more multi-generational uh, potheads, I guess, to, for Definitely. lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, so Definitely. that's cool. Maybe Maybe I'll have to talk to her someday. She would love to. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, those are some of my favorite memories, like coming home and she's like high as hell, laying on the couch, eating macaroni and cheese out of the pot. Like, right. so funny. But a teenager <laughs> is like, yes, this is my life. Let's do this. This is the best possible scenario. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, um, yeah she's an awesome mom. Very cool. Um, so back back to you and your and your. Uh, enjoyment of this plant um do you have a preferred method of intake these days obviously that first time was sounds a little Mm -hmm. rare a two-foot bong uh but what about what about now so i love smoking i like edibles but i have what i call like the heathen gene meaning i can take like 412 edibles and be fine it takes a lot so it's just easier for me to smoke. Um, I love glassware. I love cute little silly pipes. I love like beautiful bongs. The only thing is that me and glass are like opposite types of Pokemon and like, we just don't get along. So it's really tough. We had a bong and I broke it. It lasted a week. This last bong, I broke it yesterday as a matter of fact. And, um, I mean, honestly, I'm like ashamed. I'm ashamed of how many bongs I've broken. It's like a real source of like where I need to develop my character, but I don't know how to like stop being Godzilla, mm. Bongzilla. So uh, th- these these maybe 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 something else that's maybe not glass, maybe something. That's what I gotta. Yeah, I gotta find it. Yeah, I love pipes. I have a few durable pipes that I have not smashed into two million pieces yet. Um, one of them is like this cute little polka dot guy. He's my number one. So I, I stick to mostly very simple, very durable glassware. Yes. Otherwise I just smash it. Yeah. And you know, then you got to get a new one and that's a problem. <gasps> Do you, uh, are, are you, uh, amassing a collection of these little, little pipes or bongs? I'm not kidding. We can't <laughs> like, I'm that bad. Like we can't. Um, Jake, when I first met Jake, like two years ago, had this beautiful bong with like a koi fish down the middle. I'm not kidding. One time I set it down and just for some, like, actually, no, this one I tripped over and I broke the down stem. All right. Well, that, that would, that it just shouldn't have been on the floor in the first Uh, place. It shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. It's so sad. Um, there's been one time I set down a beaker bong too hard on the counter and it just like, I watched it just like crack in half. Like we can't have a collection because. I break things and I actually ask my friends like when it's my birthday and Christmas and stuff, if they are about to like try to gift me a pipe, I'm literally like, can you take it back? Because I don't want to have to look you in the eyes in like four days and tell you that I dropped it and it's dead. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I think we need to maybe start up a a GoFundMe to get something durable for you. I know. I know. We're going to move our way to Gorilla Glass. We're working baby steps we'll get there nice 
So, uh, so smoking is the preferred method. Little pipes, mm-hmm. bongs. We love, uh, uh, what is it called? Blunts. I love blunts. Okay. I love rolling backwoods. We have, um, for the podcast, we had like an episode about demonic possession and I rolled a cross joint. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So I love to roll. I like to roll, but the thing is that I'm kind of like a douche about it. And I only like to roll if it's either like a huge ridiculously large joint or if it's like artistic in some way like i like to show off with my rolling (laughs) well yeah if you got the skill might as well exactly you gotta i was born for this baby (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've got those genes um i do what um what was i gonna ask uh, oh, we didn't we didn't really go into too much detail about what your podcast is about. Oh. I mean, it's sort of in the name, but can you just give yeah, a little bit more information about that? That's like classic stoner behavior. I forgot <laughs> all about it. Um, so this is the horror. I have the horror comedy podcast. So we get high. Me and Jake, um, who is my partner, my better half. He's so funny. And he's just like an all around superstar. Um, we get high together. And we sit down. I do full-length episodes every Sunday where I research a scary topic. I do my best to make sure everything's factual. I I can't stand like made-up stories on like No Sleep on Reddit and stuff. I'm such a snob about it. So I do my best to do all the research, make sure everything's factual. And then I sit down and I tell Jake about this scary thing, which he has no idea what it is. He does not like scary stuff. <laughs> so I just try to scare him. Um, at the end, I ask if he's scared, and he tells us a happy story, kind of balance it out. And then on Wednesdays, I just go on the internet. I find all these creepy-ass stories from, like, 4chan and stuff, and I just have little tiny episodes where I read these scary stories, and I put all these creepy sounds in. And, like, I have to take a break while I'm making it sometimes. Like, it's too much for me sometimes, so <laughs> it's, it's pretty creepy. <laughs> That's very cool. And so they're all all your stories are scary related and then mm-hmm. you uh you just happen to be high when you're doing it that's exactly right yeah, yeah. so sometimes we just make jokes like we did a an episode about anesthesia where we talked about how anesthesia before the modern medicinal practice um people were just getting you know surgery while they were completely awake um and we just started laughing about like Shakespeare words, you know, like it's it's silly, it's fun, but we're also going to talk about literally getting your left breast chopped off while you're awake. So <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. It's good. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think you you definitely got to bring some levity to those really tough topics. So that's good. Definitely. So everybody, definitely. go listen to them. Um, we just started the podcast um in May, and I actually have been saving up and trying to make it happen for a while i was finally able to podcasts are like my main form of entertainment (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i really just i love being scared like i said i think it's therapeutic um i think a lot of times if you're anxious and you're stressed and you sit down with a good scary movie and you sweat it out like you are gonna work through some of that shit Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, for those who are not aware or who forgot, um, my wife has a podcast called Horse Talk Horror. And uh, so good. Ha- yeah, I think so. Um, and Haley will actually be uh, I think you guys are you're, you're going to be talking at some point. Um, and so uh, I don't know if you're aware, but they did a whole episode where they got a non 
horror fan to watch some horror movies and yeah. interviewed her about that. And that, that was a lot of fun to do. Yes, that is so fun. Yeah, that I, I actually love fucking horse talk, horse talk horror. <laughs> it makes my New Jersey accent come out. I want to be like, horse talk horror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yeah, so if any of you are interested in the horror and the paranormal and creepy stuff, go check out, uh, first check out Haley's podcast, and then you can also check out Horse Talk Horror. Um, all right, so back to cannabis. Um, how often do you smoke? Do you partake in this? Yeah, so kind of unique. Um, I am living with a mental illness. So I, I do have a personality disorder, okay. like super heavy, not what we came here to talk about, but I do medicate with cannabis. Um, for me, that mental illness looks like a lot of mood swings, a lot of anxiety. I never, I try my best to not lash out at other people, but it's a lot of internal stuff, you know, like just a lot of me in my own head. So when I sit down and I rip that bowl, it's like just setting that suitcase down all this heavy mm. shit I've been carrying around, just sitting it down for a minute. So I smoke a fuckload. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have coping mechanisms. You know, it's important if you do have a mental illness that you're not like, I guess, putting that cannabis bow on it and calling it fixed. Right. I still do the work. You know, I still use my coping mechanisms and try to take care of myself the best I can. But if I'm still struggling, that cannabis, that does it for me. I get to put that weight down. So I do smoke a lot. Um, I do also smoke to relieve arthritis pain from an accident when I was younger. Hmm. Um, and sometimes I smoke cause I'm fucking bored and I can. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I smoke a few times a day. I love dabs too. I just started getting into dabs. Well, Jake works, Jake is a manager at a 719 dispensary in Colorado. So he brings home like all these dope ass, like new concentrates for me to try. So I'm slowly getting into the world of dabbing as well. All right. Yeah, that sounds like that's a whole other level. It is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously this, your your mental illness and your arthritis, um, those are very important. And that is absolutely something that we can and will talk about as much as you feel comfortable, um, because sure. that's definitely something that comes up um, with, with different people that I talk to. And when... Cannabis is used to to medicate that your whatever issue it is uh, in some way. That's really important, and I think yeah. absolutely worth talking about and and yeah. making sure that people are aware that this is a thing that can possibly help you. Um, like you said, you still got to do all the other work, especially when it's mm -hmm. like a mental illness. But um, but yeah, it's 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 medicine. It is medicine. Um, is. is there, is there more, more detail that you are willing to talk about with that specifically? Yeah, absolutely. And like our safe word will be platypus. So if it's like too soap opera for you, lay it on me and I will stop. Oh no, um, I'm, <laughs> give it all, give it all. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I do have arthritis. I was, this is, I don't even think I've talked about this on my podcast, so that's kind of funny, but, um, I was hit by a car, a truck actually when I was 14 and I was not able to walk for like a year and a half. Like I, I was actually really fucked up and like almost died. Um, when I was in the hospital, first of all, this is gross, but I was constipated for like three months. So that hurt. Sure. Um, I was on all kinds of meds. I couldn't walk. I broke my hip, my femur, my tibial plateau, my wrist, my hand, um, cracked my skull, my ribs, 
I was agonizing every day and um, on a lot of opiates. I do have a family history of addiction. So the whole time I was taking them, it was, I was 14. So it's not like at 14, you're thinking like, what is this going to do for me long-term? You're thinking like, make it stop. (laughs) Yeah. So it was tough to be, first of all, a teenager, anybody who's a teenager, like, I'm sorry, that's tough. Um, But on top of that, to go through that kind of trauma, uh, go through that kind of pain and then also be given these medicine, like they were giving me Percocets, Oxycontin, like it was candy and there was nobody watching me. So it was really easy for me to kind of fuck it up a little bit um, and struggle when it was time for me to go back to the real world. Like when I was able to walk again and I was able to go back to school, it was hard because I was on all these drugs and it was hard to stop doing all these drugs. So after the accident, obviously I had to have a lot of trauma surgeries on my bones, a lot of pins, a lot of screws, stuff like that in my hips and my spine. So it is a lot of pain. Um, chronic pain that honestly I'm so used to now it's not a big deal so don't feel bad (laughs) but um, after I kicked the opiates stopped using the opiates I had gotten into this mentality of just gritting my teeth I mean like literally like tension in my jaw just dealing with it all the time and that became my baseline so when I had that fateful encounter in that stupid teenager's garage when I was a stupid teenager too and I did finally like get to a you know I had to keep smoking after that because the first time you smoke you don't get pain relief because you turn into like a psychedelic sponge baby and like you don't know what's going on but after that I continued to smoke continued to build my tolerance and once I realized that this gives me the pain relief that I've only been able to get by risking my what what I have left, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it feels because when you are a product of two addicts, it becomes very important that you don't be like them. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing for me when I was able to rip this fucking bowl with a cute little glass egg on it or something silly, you know, like this cute, silly little glass object, you rip this weed and you get that relief that you like, don't allow yourself to have. (laughs) Um, which is huge and and life changing. And it made it so that I was able to do things that I like to do, like go for hikes. I was able to get a dog because I was able to, like, I have two dogs now. I'm able to go outside, take them for walks, do whatever they need. I mean, literally, like when I tell people I was hit by a car, they're like, when, like how, (laughs) like, no, nobody knows that about me because I don't, I don't like complaining. And, um, yeah, because of weed, (laughs) Yeah, that that's such a crazy story. Uh, so yeah. how so it that that first time that you got high, you didn't necessarily notice things, but you said after that you started to realize, oh, this is helping me with my pain. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And don't get me wrong, there's a difference between getting the like New Jersey brick weed. That's not going to fucking relieve your pain, but if you get some good correct like actually properly grown marijuana what they would call loud back home what they just call weed out here in Colorado um yeah that makes all the difference it can change your life and then do you make sure to get stuff that is uh high in CBD for more of that pain relief I'm actually really lucky because Jake works my partner Jake works in a dispensary so 
I'm like spoiled. <laughs> I'm really spoiled. <laughs> I just, I mean, he knows my problems. Like I, we have a great relationship and I, he knows everything about me. So he goes, he knows what he's looking for in terms of like what we does, what, and he just brings it home to me. And it's amazing. Um, yeah. Lower percent THC with some CVD. That's perfect. And then I assume that you do higher THC sometimes as well because you like the head high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just because. <laughs> yeah. And then um, with the um, mel- mental illness specifically, um, did, did you say it was there an, a specific name for it? that? Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have borderline personality disorder, which okay. like when people hear that, it makes them like alarm bells. Situ- like it's not all that though. <laughs> Um, I think there's a really bad stigma about mental illness, but specifically borderline personality disorder, because people like fucking Dahmer have borderline personality disorder, but he's also like a legitimate psychopath. So just the fact that these high profile people happen to have this, it completely skewers the perception of what somebody who lives with borderline personality disorder is like. Um, So I see a lot of stuff, like a lot of, I guess, what's the word? Like just stuff that's just stuff that's not right, you know, about how like people with borderline personality disorder are nasty, like how they use people, stuff like that. Um, basically the gist of the disorder is really unstable moods. Um, kind of, I can be kind of codependent at times, uh, kind of an unstable sense of self and a lot of other things that aren't so great. Kind of just basically the way my therapist described it to me, is that when something happens to you, when you're developing, something really bad happens to you, your brain gets like caught in a bear trap and it can't really grow the same way past then. So you might still be, if you're somebody with BPD, you might still be dealing or living with the coping skills that you had when you were 14. And it might seem like you're a drama queen or, you know, you're like kind of an asshole sometimes, but that's all it is. It's just basically like, your brain developed differently because of stress. So I, I don't have the same reactions to things as other people do. Right. Um, So it was, it's um, like stress and trauma related. There was something, was it the accident that brought this on? Do you know, or was it even before that? I think it was before that for me. Um, I grew up with like an abusive household, getting bounced around a lot without my mom really in my life till I was older. Um, and the person who was raising me was just a fucking asshole. <laughs> so it's the kind of thing where, I mean, anybody who's been abused as a child knows. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're under the thumb of a narcissist, every single thing becomes about them. So you're when somebody, for example, I'm I'm on the couch and Jake maybe like sighs, and you know, a normal person might think like nothing of it. But I'm thinking like, oh, he secretly hates me. Now is the time he's going to tell me because that's kind of what my brain was trained to expect when I was growing up. So I I think it happened when I was younger. Um, When I got in the accident, I was actually almost grateful because (laughs) that sounds fucked, but I actually got a therapist for the first time in my life and felt like there was an adult who like I don't want to sound like I'm 14 again, but I'm about to, she took my side, you know, she actually listened to me, advocated for me. Um, Like 
really asked me and actually cared because it's her job, but also because she actually cared about how I was doing and how I was feeling. Um, her name is Dr. Kim at the John Hines Institute in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. She's an amazing angel. <laughs> and I think that um, that was kind of a huge moment to have a therapist. I got diagnosed when I was 22, I think. So I've, I've been living this way for, well, for my whole life, but I've been aware of it for about three years. Okay. And so you had mentioned before that it's sort of like just putting down the, the, the heavy suitcases. Um, mm-hmm. Is there, can you go into a bit more detail of how cannabis actually helps with this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's really interesting. Um, people with borderline personality disorder, they have a bigger, like the front part of their brain that controls fear is bigger. Mm. So that's, that's fucking science. Like, that's real. (laughs) Um, Marijuana calms that part of the brain. It calms your anxiety. So when I take this rip, I'm not in fight or flight mode for a minute. And I have a second to like evaluate and be like, okay, so what's actually happening? And what am I, what am I building up in my head and what's actually happening? Um, And also it is just a mood lifter. So if I'm having a day where I'm broody and I'm, I'm caught up in my own head, that'll take me right out of it. I'll be silly and laughing and trying to eat snacks. <laughs> yeah, that's where we all want to be, right? Absolutely. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> nice, nice. So um, I guess uh, this is not something I usually ask people, but did you actually get high before we got on the call? Yeah, I sure did. I got home from work about two hours ago. I took a dab. <laughs> Jake was about to take a nap. I laid down next to him and I stripped it off. That's why I texted or emailed you all crazy because I was in like a dab coma for oh. a second. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Well, thanks. Uh, so, so because you're, you know, you're sort of, you're in that head state. How, how are you feeling? How, how, um, I guess, how is this different than, than just normal? <gasps> okay. I, Oh, that's such a good question. You're so talented. You're great. This is great. Uh, so, uh, like I said, I'm really shy. You couldn't tell right now, but I am. I would never in my fucking... Ever, I know I'm not going to say that because clearly I would because I just did. But if I was completely sober, I don't know that I could be as vulnerable. Mm. I think when you're high... You feel more, well, I'm going to talk about me. I don't know how other people feel. Yeah, so, no, the, that's why this is called When I'm High, because it's talking about When you. I am high. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when I'm high, um, I feel a little bit more in control. I feel a little bit more in control of myself, I will say, which I don't always have the luxury of feeling. Um, and I don't. I feel like I have that extra second to stop and think about what I'm going to say, make sure that what I'm saying is what I'm trying to convey. Um, and I feel that sense of like, Oh, I got this. I'm cool. I can, I can say this, you know, I'm comfortable being more vulnerable because I'm high. It's kind of more fun. Like it's sillier. I have the worst cotton mouth of my life also. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What so what do you what do you do? Do you to do you just wait it out? Do you just drink a ton of water? Uh we are huge about drinking water in this house. It's a whole thing. Um we you're supposed to drink like or they say eight cups a day. It's way the fuck more than that. So yeah, we're a huge water household in this in this family. <laughs> 
Yeah, so are we. So, okay, <laughs> water. When you drink water when you're high, how, what oh. is that like? It's like being baptized all over again. Sweet baby Jesus is in the water bottle. He's coming into your body. That sounds so fucking weird. And he's blessing your soul. It's so good. So crisp. Like when I'm high, I can drink so much water. Like literally chugging ice cold water is the best thing. And when you're high, you can really taste the difference between cold water and room temperature water. Mm. So we're going to end part one there. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy Haley's part two next week uh, where we will keep on going uh, about her journey with uh, cannabis. Um, So yes, as usual, uh, please rate and review and subscribe. You can join the Patreon. WhenImHighDoc at gmail.com is my email address. I also have a Google Voice and the social media should be easy to find. You're smart people. Uh, Yes, that's going to end this episode. Thank you very much for listening.